The Movie Hour, episode 56, October 15th, 2009. Spoiler alert, following our programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Welcome all to Sylvester Stallone's Socialized Medicine Movie Hour. I'm your pleasant host, Greg Maloney. We are currently full swing in the studio. We have our live listeners, our tall boys, and of course, my two favorite people in the whole, whole world, my brother James Maloney and my associate, Jeff Henderson. Welcome back to the show, fellas. Hey, all. Hello. That's Sylvester oh, Stallone, huh? That's like our first brother combo for... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, haven't had, like, any, we haven't had Emilio Estevez anything yet, have we? Because I know we've had Chuck Sheen. Yeah, yeah that's true. I think Frank. They're, they're like half first. brothers, though, so uh, sort of counts. But yeah, you don't know, like the real we, brothers in their hearts. That's yeah. right. Like, well, we talked to a lot of the Sly Stallone's people. You heard the, the the story on the 50th episode that he wanted to to be part of the show, and we finally we finally worked something out. And I'm that's, assuming that's, Jeff got that deal done since you dropped the ball on the Jimmy Wood stuff. So good job, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, you're goddamn right. I did. I, uh, I I picked up the ball. I called up uh, what's her face, Sly Stallone's publicist, and said, yeah. "Listen, that that Rambo thing didn't work out the way you wanted it to. The new Rocky movie didn't do so hot. Let's get this ball rolling." And she was into it. And I think we're going to be the resurgence of Sly's career. Well, I think it's another. Like, I guess it's still a year until it comes out. But the Expendables. I don't know if you've seen that movie trailer yet, but it's going to kick ass. Dolph Lundgren yeah, back the, in action. The cast looks like a freaking charity. <laughs> donor list. It's like, oh, let's all help Sly out. Let's all be in his movie. Oh, well, Sly Stallone's putting put a movie together? Oh, that's that so cute. cute. It'll help you out. Looks like the list of people some doctor sold steroids to in the 80s. <laughs> Stallone's a, he's a, he's a friend of the show, and we uh, we wish him the best. It's going to be, it's going to be a good movie. I'm sure it's going to, I'm sure it's going to pull off some cash. Uh, Currently here in the the Michigan studios, this fucking freezing is all hell, and uh, hopefully all our our listeners are in somewhere, someplace a little warmer, not as warm as California, because I'm telling you, California is too hot, You're at crazy. least for, at least in the in the the fall uh, summer days. But I'm sure I'd love to be there during during the winter. But um, I guess we're all I guess we're all in it together, and that's what's that's what's important, fellas. It's um, nice and toasty here. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's freezing, goddamn cold here. Yeah, right. Um, so, I got a, I got a few things to bring up. A little bit of the, the Hollywood news that he's a couple of tidbits that pretty much deserves our attention this week. Some of the stuff was sort of written in, not by me, but I've got to, I've got to bring it up anyways because it's, it's. Uh, I don't want to hurt our, our production crew's feelings. You'll, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, first thing that sort of caught our, caught our eye is uh, couples retreat somehow made 34 million over the weekend. Well. I guess it's mainly due to Vince Vaughn still being able to pull some big box office numbers, but like, I don't. Is there any appeal to this movie? Like, it's got your three three jokes, and then you've got Vince Vaughn, and that's it. Or is Jason Bateman a big name in this? Or was it actually that funny? You know, I've seen the the commercials and stuff finally, and the commercials don't look as bad as what I thought. Like the synopsis would be like, I thought there'd right. be a heavier romance angle to it. You know, kind of like. You know, maybe the four Christmases and, you know, him and his wife going places. But this seems a little bit more straight comedy than I thought it would be. So uh, it's not as bad as I thought it would be, but I don't know. I guess I guess I wouldn't mind seeing it. I wouldn't go see it at the theater. But. Right, right. What's funny is I actually I haven't caught it either, but I saw Jason Bateman do an interview. I don't know if it was The Late Show. Um, I, think it was, I think it was Letterman. Um, 
but did an interview talking about how it's like, you know, him trying to get his life back together with his wife and how it's just that. And he's like, well, we need some people to go with us. So we recruited our friends. So they showed up anyways, but we're the, the couple that really needs to figure it out, which is Jason Bateman playing the straight man's been, been usual, but, uh, um, I don't know how, I don't really know how it turned out. 34 million, big, big weekend. Lots of cash. The uh, uh, the review that I heard for this movie was uh, it's like watching someone else's vacation video, um, just very very. Boring. It's pretty bad. Yeah, this was a, a friend or just a review in a magazine. What's your, what's your source? Uh, a friend. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. How? What did I tell you about how I feel about you? Asked me what's my source. <laughs> you said you love bad. Every time so I said I, it, I said bad. Said I feel bad. <laughs> and, in other news, a movie that we actually want to talk about, Where the Wild Things Are, hits the theaters this weekend, and it's uh, it's pretty much time to put your money where your mouth is. Who's going to go actually make the trip to the theater for this one? I will. Uh, I'm not going to do it this weekend. I'm going to do it uh, the, the following weekend when my lovely girlfriend, Rasa, is going to be in town. Uh, we, we've made plans to go see the Where the Wild Things Are movie. That's that's cute, isn't BF, it? BFF Rasa. Yeah, it's going to, like, I'm probably I'm probably not going to catch it to bring, to bring, uh, bring, uh, the truth, truth to the podcast, but it's. I'm sure it's going to do well. You I, mean, I it's hope a Spike all, I, Jones movie. I wish the best for Spike Jones. I really do. Wish uh, <laughs> obviously Spike you Jones. don't because you don't want to want to put your money where your where uh, where your mouth is, like you said earlier. I've got a lot of th- I, I got a lot of things to do next weekend. This weekend it might be possible. This weekend it might be possible. James, what do you think? You actually, uh, it's pretty intriguing to me. The it's just, I don't know, it, it does a really good job of making the movie look pretty magical, so whoever did the previews did a really good job in selling me for it. I wouldn't be against seeing this in the theater at all. Like, the I, soundtrack. I'll, I'll be the third wheel, damn it. I'll go with you guys. It's, uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Time. Uh, the, uh, the soundtrack <laughs> for the movie is actually, it's it's pretty excellent. The entire thing is done by uh, Karen O of uh, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, with like, this group she put together called Karen O and the Kids. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool soundtrack. Anybody who's interested in it is available on like Amazon.com and iTunes. Yeah, so their, their YouTube videos are pretty fucked up, too. It's just there and tons of kids running around. That's it's, cool. I haven't <laughs> seen any of that. That's really yeah. cool. Um, and uh, the one that actually that's in the preview, you hear the Arcade Fire a lot, and Arcade Fire deserves all the all the promotions they get. And there's actually one person where uh, I forget the girl's name in the band, but she's Haitian, and she oh, has a lot of the movie. Yeah, a lot of the movie, a lot of the money they make from from uh, the albums, and a lot of her portion, anyways, gets put right to like uh, a lot of Haiti's relief funds and stuff like that. So uh, Arcade Fire, look them up. I think ArcadeFire.com would probably take you right to it. Yeah, but, uh, it, yeah. Most people, I think. Well, maybe not. I don't know. People are there. People that haven't heard of Arcade Fire. I guess I'm I'm young and into music, so maybe a lot I of don't people know haven't. Who Arcade Fire they're is. really good. They're uh, yeah. they're, Their first album, Funeral, was amazing. One of the best albums of the uh, last decade. So anyway. And, <laughs> yeah. So back back to the movie the hour. Movie uh, hour. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the movie hour. Uh, we have uh, we do have uh, another another big tidbit. Ian McKellen claimed that there is a script for X Men Origins Magneto, which I know Jim's been pretty pretty interested in, in possibly seeing, but. Uh, uh, apparently, he says he has nothing to do with it, and my question to you guys is, does it even matter if this movie is made when there is no uh, Sir Ian McKellen attached? The uh, 5% of credibility they would have with me would rest on whether or not he is going to be in the movie. Zing, so, yeah, right. it's pretty important. As a numbers guy, I can tell you that 5% <laughs> is not very much credibility. <laughs> Well, what do you really? What do you expect if they're going to be doing a younger Magneto? Uh, Ian McKellen's 
not the youngest guy out there, that's for sure. And I don't know, like, I'm sure they could put him in as, like, a bookend in the beginning and the end, but it can't be the, the main character, you would think. Yeah, it depends. I mean, if it's going to be, you know, child and that sort of thing, obviously they can't use him. But, yeah, Ian McKellen was probably the best part about Magneto and one of the best parts about the X-Men casting. So God, yeah, it'll, it'll be a bummer if, you know, he's not involved at all. That's true. Jeff, any any opinions on uh, Sir Ian McKellen being the coolest guy ever? Yes, no, yes, uh, no. I don't know about coolest guy ever, but I, I am a big fan of Sir Ian McKellen. And, I, well, I would probably not rush to the theaters to see an X-Men Origins movie. In general, I would uh, rush a lot more slowly without Ian McKellen. He did talk about a little bit about uh, the Hobbit movies, too, and sound like the script was just being finished and that they were going to be... Recording next summer, so we should. That's still uh, the Hobbit's definitely happening in two parts, and it's uh, Ian McKellen's going to be a big boy, big boy in it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, last Hollywood note, and this is this is one of our favorites, one of our favorites. Uh, Zombieland has already grossed enough money to front the bill for Zombieland Two. It's doubled its doubled its budget pretty much uh, in two week two weeks, which I believe is uh, very nice, very nice. Turns out the money actually isn't the only thing signaling the sequel. Co-writer Paul Wernick said, we would love to do several sequels and turn it into its own little world, including uh, Woody Harrelson also claimed that it's the only movie he's wanted to do a follow-up with a part two. My question to you guys is, is it, is it, uh, are people really going to show up for a Zombieland part two? We all we all saw it, which will be, we'll, we'll uh, spoil it for you guys. We actually all saw Zombieland this week, but what do you guys think? Is the second one really going to make any money? I think it's got potential there. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, the, the comedy factor in there, I think, is what will help you know make it a renewable franchise if they want. Yeah, you don't need the story, really. Yeah, yeah the, the comedy is where the all jokes. the fun's at. Um, and Woody Harrelson, I mean, the role's made for him, basically. This is probably one of his best roles available. So it's <laughs> perfect for him. He should stick with it. God bless. Roy right. Munson was his best role, and I want you to recognize that here in front of our public. I don't know. Maybe he just plays off of a certain actor pretty well. So you know, both in Zombieland and, and you know, <laughs> yeah, two <laughs> good point. Two comments about that actually. Uh, uh, our, Wait, are you going to ask me faithful... if I think uh, that the Zombieland's going to make money or not, or do you not Yeah, care? go ahead, go right. ahead, go ahead. Yeah, Zombieland too, I think would make money, but the problem is for me, I wouldn't go see it. You know why? They already killed Why? Bill Murray. Yeah, they did kill that's Bill a, Murray. That's a good point. That was one of the probably the highlight of the the show for sure. Uh, and the thing I wanted to mention, I got uh, scolded a little bit by one of our uh, faithful listeners and my sister Michelle uh, for actually saying that Bill Murray was a cameo in it, claiming it was a giant spoiler. But apparently, she doesn't listen to the beginning of the show when we. <laughs> we claim that uh, we uh, we do spoil things from time to yeah. time. I'm, I must admit, it probably would have been. It probably would have been a lot funnier had I not known he was in it. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody, but not really, because today today's a special day, and we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about that a little bit later. Where we're uh, we don't care Actually, about. Greg, I have one tidbit of news. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but your your boy James Franco. He's yeah. actually enlisting to play a role for two months on the soap opera General Hospital. Oh my what? gosh! First off, <laughs> don't say enlisting because I thought you meant he was going to join the army. Yeah, or no, that's, that's, that, that, that was really scary too. Like, uh, like that Kumar, was... I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to join. Yeah. All right. <laughs> a soap opera is not scary enough for you. So he's doing a soap opera. That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my god. That's got. That, that. That's really funny. I want to know more about that. Like, is he doing yeah. it ironically, or? <laughs> <laughs> 
All I know is about a, it is he's like in somebody's like nightmare sequence or something for like that's two months. Awesome. So he's a bad guy. He's in the nightmare. He's got to be a bad guy. Yeah, he, like he's linked with some mobster or something in the story. That's awesome. That's awesome. Go, James Franco. Make out some uh, some days of our lives. General Hospital right. day. He's day improving show. those acting chops, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, so that brings us all the way to our movie reviews. We want to uh, share with you what we think about the the movies of today and yesteryear, which I'm sure I'm sure Jim, <laughs> Jim's got a yesteryear movie. I can't wait to hear about. That'll be fun. Um, but we did all see Zombieland, and I'm I've, I uh, we flipped the coin in the the studio, and I got to be the one to actually review it. Um, I know. Luckily, Jim, it was a three-sided coin. Yeah, luckily, uh, Jim's. <laughs> I hate you guys. Luckily, Jim's. Uh, uh, well, I guess it's not luckily. Uh, unfortunately, Jim's the guy that has the best movie reviews, but I'm the one to to review this. So deal with it, people. Why are Jim's deal movie reviews the best? I feel like I put up my best effort. I would like to know why his are better than mine, so that I can improve mine. Unfor- <laughs> unfortunately. Unlike well, what your mom said, just because you try your best doesn't mean you actually accomplish it. Well, yeah, but so, I, I'm uh, looking for some constructive <laughs> criticism here. Okay, it's all in uh, the movie choice. You have to, yeah, you have to go lower. Yeah, you're about to see I'm actually you're about to... to actually recommend to people. <laughs> that's so, my that's problem. not entertaining at all, Jeff. You're about to see a great movie review or hear a great movie review from uh, Jim. So don't worry, you'll you'll take notes. Take notes, people. This is how it works. Um, but back to my movie review, uh, Zombieland. I can't even talk. Zombieland. With a, uh, I ended up catching it pretty much with the rest of America. It made a lot of loot, and in short, it, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, I had heard some really good reviews beforehand, so I went in with a little bit of high hopes, and I think that hurt it a little bit. But what also hurt it was Jesse Eisenberg, who I'm not, a, I, I'm a fan of, but uh, he narrated the entire thing, and it got old pretty fast. Uh, Woody Harrelson uh, and Jesse Eisenberg run in, their character run into each other in what is the no more humans left zombie infested America. I don't remember if they actually claim what state they meet on, but they pretty much run into each other on a freeway where Eisenberg's car is ruined and he's walking around, and Woody Harrelson picks him up in his in his caddy. Uh, both are armed to the teeth, and they uh, they travel together east toward I think. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg was referred to as Columbus because he was heading there to hopefully meet up with his family. And uh, they run into two girls, and this is where I also have an issue with the, the movie. Abigail Breslin, uh, her innocence was totally ruined for me in this movie. I haven't seen her do like a real uh, actual movie beyond just showing her cuteness off. And she's uh, she's growing up. She's growing up. It's cool. But uh, uh, her and Emma Stone play uh, two girls that run into Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg in a grocery store. And, spoiler alert, Michelle, the girls actually con the guys into giving them their guns because uh, they're just trying to look out for themselves and uh, stay away from stay away from zombies and survive as long as possible and make it to the an amusement park called Pacific Playland. Uh, of course, Woody Harrelson and Jesse are all pissed about it. They run into each other again and again, play a little bit of cat-and-mouse game, and then the girls and the guys decide to, to haul it together all the way to, to Beverly Hills where they do the... Um, run into what we mentioned, the Bill Murray cameo. Uh, it's really, I, I think it's really, Woody Harrelson does do a great job. It is a role written for him. I actually read that. He picked out his own wardrobe for the movie, which just really worked. It worked out in, in every uh, every aspect, His uh, from his hat to like the holster of his gun. It's just hilarious. Um, I'm not surprised he wants to do a, a second one. 
the other girls, you know, or I have the other girls, Wade Harrelson being one, uh, Emma Stone, Abigail Breslin, again, she sort of, her innocence is a little lost on me, but it's a, a small love story between uh, Emma and Jesse, and they uh, they pull it off all right for being a sort of inner, inner uh, what's the word I'm looking for, intervened, not really, but interrupted with uh, jokes, comedy all throughout throughout the movie. And I did the, you know, the, the violence was actually pretty funny. They didn't go over the top with blood everywhere, but it, it was it was it was good. And I'm I'm happy I went and spent five bucks on it. But uh, if you wanted to go catch a movie with uh, a friend or uh, go catch it on a date, it's a it's a quick. I think it's hour twenty minutes long, and I wouldn't mind wouldn't mind catching it again. Yeah, it was really short, but I also enjoyed it. It was pretty good. And I'm not a horror guy at all, but uh, the comedy was what sold it for me. Yeah, it's not much of a horror movie. It's just no, there's some blood for sure. More in the vein of a Shaun of the Dead type of thing. Yeah, right, d- definitely right. a Shaun of the Dead type movie. Um, it ended up the probably the scariest part in it is Jesse's character is afraid of clowns, and there's a zombie clown guy that looks pretty scary. And if you've ever seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space, it's not as scary as those clowns, but, but it's what pretty is? scary. Yeah, <laughs> Killer Clowns from Outer Space is the scariest movie of all time. It really is. But. Uh, yeah, I I don't I would withhold the Gunga Seal rep, uh, of approval, but go catch it. You happen to have five bucks you want to waste on a movie. So Jeff, let's see if you can top Zombieland with uh, your genius movie review. Okay, so I I saw I saw I saw a Doubt, um, starring Meryl Streep and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Amy Adams, and it's a movie about uh, in nineteen in the sixties, like the mid sixties, um, this younger priest. At a uh, like a Catholic school in New York, I think it's New York City. Uh, yeah, New York, in New York City, and uh, Meryl Streep's sort of like the uh, the oldest nun there, and she suspects. First of all, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is sort of this uh, like he, he's sort of like uh, here comes the uh, the winds of change. Uh, you know, we we need to make ourselves in the church more open and more accessible, and we need to become a part of these people's lives and not just a scary thing to them and sort of a uh, like like a no, like a new thinker um as far as the church and and, and right. uh, what his role in his pat and his um I don't, I don't know what do you, what, do you, what do you Catholics call it? like the his his flock what what his role should be um <laughs> you people um <laughs> I would have went with congregation but congregation yes his what's congregation. funny is I've, I've got Catholic jokes jokes written down for the 35th minute of the show and you just broke my whole fucking rundown <laughs> I'm really sorry um Anyway, so uh, and but uh, Meryl Streep suspects him of uh, abusing a young student, um, and it's never quite clear whether he did or didn't. And uh, it's you can you can see why it was an excellent play, and I I definitely I really appreciated some of the performances in the movie. Uh, the symbols in the movie were a little heavy-handed, I thought. Um, you guys know how sometimes when a play becomes a movie, it the, they let the dialogue do too much talking and not the actual. It just doesn't yeah, seem yeah. right for the medium, you know. Like you don't let the the, the 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 picture tell the story or the the direction of the picture tell the story. It, it, right. It's. I feel like the dialogue is in some places very quick and clever and and uh, and poignant, but in other places it's too cumbersome for film. I think. Uh, so, but overall, I I thought it was pretty good. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say run out and see it, uh, but uh, it was it was pretty good, and Amy Adams was good. 
Meryl Streep, of course, was good. Philip Seymour Hoffman was good. What was Viola Davis, who played uh, sort of a like almost a bit part? She was uh, the boy's mother. Uh, she was probably only in it for maybe five ten minutes. She was phenomenal. I believe uh, she got nominated for that, didn't she? She did. Yeah, um, she did. And she, I don't know if she won it or not. She was unbelievably good. Uh, I would, I would really love to see her in some more stuff. Like. It's very rare for for me anyway that I notice like this performance is striking and hers was. Right. What That's was awesome. uh, Amy Adams' role in this? Uh, she was a young nun. Being a babe. <laughs> Actually, she was quite unattractive in it uh, as a young oh. nun. She was, I mean, for her anyway, uh, as a, as a young nun, um, and she was like a like a teacher in the school and sort of uh, in between where. She wanted to believe Philip Seymour Hoffman because he, like, I think her his views were a little more representative of where she thought the church would she, should go. But at the same time, she was like sort of a sort of scared of Meryl Streep, and Meryl Streep is her boss, and um, it was it, it was uh, she played an, an interesting role. She was kind of the fulcrum for the whole thing, like uh, uh, the, the, of the two sides. She was sort of in the in the middle of them, and uh, right. It was it was an interesting movie. I would definitely recommend it, but not highly enough to go you know go crazy about it so it going back to the play turning into turning into the actual movie did it so like the the storyline seemed like convoluted because they couldn't figure out how to actually like put it together no back to no back no and, I, I didn't the storyline was quite clear it was un, it was very easy to understand uh what was happening it was just um in a play of course, in drama, dialogue needs to tell pretty much the whole story because that's really what you have. I mean, you got a stage there, kind of, you know, obviously. Right. But in a movie, you've got a lot of other d- tools and devices in film, you know, in, in a moving picture like this where th- you can sort of tell your story with. Um, you don't need the... Uh, you don't need all the dialogue or the, the dialogue's not all necessary. And also, you can get away, I think, in a play uh, with more... Uh, like, no one would ever say that. At, like, that's not the way yeah, people right, talk yeah. type dialogue. Oh, who's at the door? Like, <laughs> right, yeah, it, yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 People, yeah. It, you can get away with that type of thing, whereas in, in a movie you expect people to talk the way people talk. Um, right. And maybe that's maybe that's just an expectation thing, but you could definitely tell. Like I, I really, <laughs> I didn't know before I watched this that it was based on a play, and and then I it, it became very clear that it was right. Gotcha. Doesn't sound like very some very good marks for. Uh, I liked Oscar it. I, I mean, I I'm I'm a little critical of it because it was an Oscar nominee, so it, yeah. it was. Uh, but I, I like I, I did like it. It just wasn't All right. great. All right. All right. Uh, been spending a lot of time in the reviews, James. You can you can knock yours out fast. I'm sure you've got a lot to say. Yeah, but sorry about that. I know I'm not very good at it, so I wanted to try and take uh, as much time as possible and make myself better. I need to practice. <laughs> Yeah, because this one's a great one, apparently. Um, yeah. I ended up seeing I'm really a movie that apparently is a, a fan favorite in my family, even though I don't know about it. Uh, it's a 1987 movie called Monster Squad. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, the plot of the movie is there's a handful of preteens, maybe 10 to 12 years old. They form a club that are obsessed with the Clubs. rules of you know killing classic monsters and how... Like the you know the how to to kill them, uh, also their strengths and that sort of thing, and what happens is every hundred years there's this magic little amulet that somehow makes its way from 
Eastern Europe to their subdivision. I don't know how, but anyway, every hundred years a magical amulet that keeps evil in check can either be destroyed or renewed by the ceremony that this virgin has to read. Um, so basically, Dracula escapes from his latest containment area, whether it be a museum or whatever. He doesn't escape. He's still running yeah, loose. He's, All right, go ahead. But go he, ahead. he uh, gets... He breaks free like Frankenstein and the mummy and brings out the you know Wolfman and the creature of the Black Lagoon and gets this army so he can go and destroy the magical amulet. And basically what happens is the kids get wise to their plan and they have to take him on and do the ceremony themselves because, you know, nobody will believe him so they just, you know, take charge themselves. Um, it's a great rap for people who have seen the movie already. I'm feeling that, you know, you can get some good nostalgia out of it. Um... It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's like the poor man's Goonies. In fact, yeah, it's a poor man's Goonies. In, in fact, uh, the mom from the Goonies is also the mom in this movie, which was kind of funny. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. But uh, I did learn a few things. I did learn that the Wolfman has a dork and Nards, so that's good. And um, <laughs> Wolf Dork's got Nards. <laughs> yeah, and, one of the, and I I did see one of the worst scenes ever, which was cool because. Uh, they show like a flashback to the past of how the great, you know, Van Helsing tried to stop evil before and they blew it, it was the, the quote. But uh, he got sucked into the vortex that happens when they do the ceremony instead of the monsters. And they did it this time around. And as they were fighting with the, you know, the new vortex operate, you know, in operation, um, Dracula gets wrestled out by uh, Van Helsing. Van Helsing, as they fall people. together into the into the new vortex, Van Helsing gives the thumbs up, and the kid gives the thumbs up right back. Yeah, that, that, that was a okay. great scene. So one of my favorite. But I must admit, one of my favorite lines in recent history has come from this movie, and it was the kids in the very beginning. They were in the principal's office, and they come out of the principal's office after being scolded for drawing pictures of monsters. And the one kid looks at the other kid and says. Man, I smell like the 40s. <laughs> it's a great line. I don't know exactly like what 40s. it means, but it's hilarious. He's just making fun of you know the fact that he came out of the principal's office, and it's bad, and it's hilarious. In other, in other news, the little girl in that movie, Ashley Bank, uh, is apparently a babe. All right, moving on. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's, uh, if you want it for, to enjoy it for its unintentional laughs, it is pretty funny. And, or Other than that, uh, you know, good for only nostalgia views, so... There you go, Monster Squad, 1987. Monster right. Squad. And yeah, you hadn't seen it before, so you just think it's a very bad movie, and it's got that quote in it. Since I thought it no was nostalgic, nostalgic. It was good at being bad. I enjoyed watching it because it yeah, was so yeah. bad. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I'll take that. I'll take. I'll take that. That works. Oh, I'm you know what's I'm, funny, uh, Greg? I'm you and I watched that movie for the first. That was the only time I'd seen it, but for the first time uh, I, I watched it, uh, it, was, it was the first time you watched it as well. Probably. I don't know, 15 years ago or something like that. And uh, one of the one of the questions in the movie is, "Have you ever been dorked?" And I remember, yeah. I remember Jim was in the house. It was in because we watched it over at your house. And 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 Greg asked Jim, "Jim, have you ever been dorked?" And Jim didn't have any idea what you were talking yeah. about. It was hilarious. Yeah, uh, kids, everybody on the internet, dorked means have you ever been uh, ever had sex or yeah or. Uh, yeah, you couldn't think of a worse word, but yeah, sex, sex. Come on, people. It's easy. That's a good, and that actually works perfectly, because today, 
I was I was talking. Uh, I was a little bit inspired from some movies I watched recently. And uh, coming up, we have of course Halloween, which everyone knows. Halloween is, you know, it's close. It's two weeks away, and the Movie Hour supports Halloween pretty much more than any other podcast on the the interwebs. You guys, you guys can look it up. It's true. I'm sure there's a goth podcast out there that likes Halloween more than we do. <laughs> we love Halloween. We love it. And uh, it's since we're getting close, we're getting. We're, I'm getting a little in the mood, and we're talking. We've been talking a little bit about it, and. We wanted. To, we talked a lot about how evil just gets a bad rap in a lot of movies. Like these these bad guys in movies. A lot of us we we can relate to them, and we we like these guys. And we just wanted to point out that even though there are you know these antagonists in movies that seem like you know you just root against them and you're not you're not on their side, there are reasons to like these people. In a lot of situations, they're not they're not all that bad. They're just like yeah. us. And, and that was one of the good parts and, about seeing Monster Squad because they were very open minded. In fact, you know they went and got you know. Frankenstein's monster work to work for them. So, you know, I think villains can go either way here. It's just a matter of perspective. Yeah, it's it's all our choice here. It really is. We 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 can change things on, on our end. Like I, uh, uh in, in that, even in that movie, you've got I guess the mummy was sort of evil, and, and but the Wolfman he didn't want to do evil. Like when he he just got told what to do by the vampire half the time, and the other half he was a man that wanted to get killed because he knew he was a werewolf. But. Anyways, <laughs> we got comments from the live listeners not to ruin Monster Squad because he wants to see it so bad. That's how good. But uh, so no, I think in, you're, I think like, you're but, right though about about these um, these villains. I'm looking at AFI's top 50 villains of all time. I mean, a lot of them are machines that were just programmed that way, or people who had mental illness. I mean, these poor poor people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Do you have any like for? I got an example on that list. I do know on that list. Uh, Freddy Krueger's on that list, and I know you might think, okay, Freddy Krueger, he murdered people. He's a bad guy. I like. I can see people saying that, but listen to my point of view because Freddy Krueger's not really. He's just like us. He's cool. Like okay, for, let, all right. Let me start over. Um, point one: killing people in their dreams. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean shit. Like people, if you kill somebody in your dream, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, it's it's fine. But the other thing I want to point out is supposedly Freddy Krueger was a child murderer, and the reason he got killed is because when they his case got taken to court, he was acquitted, and the parents thought, okay, well, if he was acquitted, we need to take matters in our own hands, and they burned him alive. And we all know vigilante justice doesn't lead, you know, that's that's no justice well, at all. People get upset and, all the time when you know their kids are you know taken from them. I mean, look at Darth Vader. I mean, he he had two kids, never found out about them. They just snuck them off in the middle of the night. I'd be pissed yeah. too. I mean, and it's not like he's really this big villain. It's he just works for the government. It's his job to kind of just business. you know maintain order. It's you know, it's. I mean, even when he found out when the, you know that Luke existed, he's. I mean, he was polite. He invited Luke to join him. You know, just come over. You know, on the right side. You know. You know, be Learn with the to government. help him run the family business. It's yeah, not exactly. That bad. When you first meet Darth Vader, I mean, he's just hanging out of the Death Star, and these people attack his home. So obviously, he's got to. Whoa, defend. whoa, whoa! Didn't Vader kill like Captain Nita in some conversation that he didn't like him? Captain Nita was a bad guy. <laughs> yes, he's a villain. He's the true <laughs> villain of that story. <laughs> yeah, he's. <laughs> hmm. Negligence during construction of the Death Star is nothing to. You know, just blink at. I mean, that's definitely something that you know needs to be dealt with, and I, I think it was a proportionate response. That's just me. Hmm. Doesn't he? Wait, 
he kills other people too. I, I think I does, he kills uh, Obi Wan pretty much. No, like, no, Obi Wan. Oh, no, Obi Wan isn't baiting. That, what do you expect? <laughs> he's defending that's, himself. That's erroneous. That's erroneous. They were having fun sparring with <laughs> lightsabers like they used to do. All of a sudden, Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi turns his lightsaber off. What's the, what's a guy to do? Yeah, it's not his fault. He just decided to give up. You see how sad he was when he walked away? He was sad. He He was looking for him. He's like, is he in this? And he's tapping the cloak with his foot. All right, all right. These evil, yeah, these evil guys, they, they're, I, I shouldn't say evil guys, these normal guys, I can, I can be on their side. I like this, I like this. Yeah, a um, lot of people back think the Terminator's a bad guy. I mean, it's just, it's a machine programmed to do a thing. It's, it doesn't know any better. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, some, some other person programmed that thing to do what it does, and it's not making any decisions. It's not moral. We, can we, are we gonna go back to the tech cast here? Like, computers don't have feelings. It's, it's, uh, Pretty much that situation. And actually, on that same note, you've got HAL 9000, the biggest, you know, I think that makes the villain of t- villain, uh, AFI's yeah, top 100 Yeah, it's number 13, villains. as a matter and, of fact. Yeah. yeah. Uh, HAL 9000, which I don't care how many times he says he's scared during the movie. I think everyone here has seen it. But um, all it is is it's, pro- it's programmed by some other person, and it's exp- it's pretty much expressing anything that's in its algorithms, whatever you want to call it. I think, actually, the whole thing is called, like, a... Uh, Heuristically, I don't even know how to fucking pronounce that word. Programmed algorithmic computer, heuristically, heuristically. I can't stop talk. trying. Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and the other thing is, they even showed in that movie that Hal wasn't designed perfectly. There was uh, in the very beginning. Well, not in the very beginning, but when they actually get to the space station and go to the actual flight, and with Hal nine thousand on its way, uh, they have him playing chess against one of the actual human. Um, I don't want to say counterparts, but human uh, people, space astronauts. And supposedly in that shot, Kubrick actually, there's a part where Hal puts uh, the guy in check, uh, or checkmate supposedly, but the guy had a move left and Hal said he didn't. And he was looking through his stuff, but apparently you can see in the view, I'm not a chess genius or anything, but he's got a way of getting out of it. You know what's what's checkmate. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and they, and that's his like little subtle way of implying that Hal's not perfect, and somebody uh, designed him that way. So, don't don't give Hal a bad name. That's like all these computers, all these AI stuff. They're they're free of they're absolved of any responsibility. I, I, seriously, I'm looking at this uh, this AMI, uh, the shark and jaws animal. Like it, <laughs> it just wants to uh, eat. <laughs> yeah. The, what's what's the problem with jaws and you know these di- like Jurassic Park dinosaurs dealing with Hunger? Like, have you ever been hungry before? Like, you gotta—you don't understand these people. These these aren't villains. They're just hanging out, trying to do their thing. And in most cases, you're invading their territory, and they're just trying to—they're just trying to have a meal. And I, I don't understand what the problem is. No, number two here, Norman Bates in Psycho. There's not a jury in the world that thinks this guy is st- fit to stand trial. He is crazy as hell. He thinks he's his mother. It's this poor, poor, poor man. Oh man, Norm! Yeah, if you brought Norm Bates into the room, from one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Uh, I, she was just doing her job. Yeah, actually, the thing about uh, Nurse she's Ratchet, an awful and person, that's a horrible villain, and I will not stand <laughs> up for her. No, she. I think she. I think she deserves our our respect. No. She ended up well. <laughs> for, 
just uh, on the side note, get breaking breaking the jokes. Uh, didn't Louise Fletcher? She won an Academy Award for that, right? She ended up getting a lot of shit in just real life. People just being like, "Man, you were a bitch in that yeah. movie." Yeah, yeah, I don't like you very much. A, a completely typecast, and yeah. B, uh, yeah, <laughs> getting a lot of shit in real life because she was Nurse Ratched. So yeah, so not not only does Nurse Ratchet get a bad rap, but Louise Fletcher apparently his life was ended by doing this role, and she yeah she they they get a bad rap. She was doing her job. But what would you do to take home the rent? Like it's it's an issue, and people need to realize that these bad people just aren't so bad, and they're uh, they're. They're close to our hearts in a way, and they make our they make these movies enjoyable. One that I just came across recently, actually, is when I went to go see that Wick or the uh, Wizard of Oz in the theaters again. Right. The Wicked Wiz of the West is like supposed to be this huge villain, but honestly, I mean, all that happens is she's living in this land. Some bitch comes out and kills her sister, and then steals yeah. her sister's shoes, and she's the bad guy. She just wants yeah, them back. Yeah. That's all she wants. She just wants them. Her sister shoes back, and they won't get back. Worst villain in the history of film, according to AFI. Somebody killed her sister, and she wants her shoes back. Yeah. Doesn't the Wicked Witch of the West like have the monkeys tear the straw out of uh, out of uh, the scarecrow? He's a scarecrow. Isn't that, Who cares? Like, isn't that like murder? Yeah. Did, you you did could just put the it right allies back in. kill some matter. Nazis? Does that mean they're bad? <laughs> that's true. Zombies. That's another great. You know what's when what's funny is when we decided to talk about this. I. For some reason, zombies totally made me think of Nazis. And I was like, all right, how can I think of Nazis being good people? And I could not figure it out for the life of me. So if anyone can make an argument for that, throw it up on the young bit. I'm listen. sure you'll get a lot of comments. Yeah, I yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, zombies. Zombies line up with uh, our animals. Uh, I, I I wanted to talk a little bit about Jurassic fault. Park. disease-ridden or you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, they yeah, they are. They, it's not a fault of their own, but... Like, uh, you've got the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, which at the time you're thinking, all right, I hope this little kid escapes the T-Rex, but you realize that the kid's the most annoying fucking character in the world, and you just, the T-Rex, you would, you would just want it to eat him, but at the time you're watching it and you're happy the kid escapes, and the dinosaurs in the end end up being sort of the saviors of the people. The only bad guy in the whole movie is Dennis Nedry, which is, Played by, of course, Newman, which his actual real name is Wayne Knight, but I'll call him Newman because I can. Yeah, we, we know uh, Newman. <laughs> and really, he was just another guy that wanted to turn a buck too. And it's like I don't understand where these writers are getting off saying There's these guys are just evil. There's nothing wrong with wanting to turn a buck. You know what are we all? Red <laughs> communists? Says should yeah. we all be ha- with a hammer in one hand and a sickle in the other? Seriously, I like like oh Gordon Gecko, real bad guy. No, no. <laughs> No, guy just wants to make a few bucks on the stock market. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with the sheriff of Nottingham. I mean, he's just kind of doing a temp job. You know, okay, I'll you know keep your kingdom sure. under, under control for a while. He knows it's a short-term gig, so obviously he's got to hoard the goods and you know raise taxes and that kind of stuff because he's going to be kicked out in a little bit. So he's just <laughs> doing what he can to make did, as much money as he, he can. Like It's like working overtime. Did he force women to have sex with him, though? I don't know if that... that I think it depends on good. the version. Not in the Disney version, okay? <laughs> I, I think it was an invite. I don't think it was a forcing at all. <laughs> and it's Alan Rickman, so right. I don't think Alan Rickman can play a bad person at all. Like, it's... That's tough. That's that's a good point. Yeah, these these characters throughout, like, I, I guess we're getting close to Halloween, so we're starting to think about a little bit more of the Freddy Krueger horror, uh, Jason, uh, Jason Voorhees kind of situation, but 
these people, a lot of them are, a lot of them are insane, and you just you can't hold that against them. And like you know, in our society, and in our, our uh, in Hollywood, we got to understand that these evil people deserve a little bit, a little bit of our heart. And you gotta, you gotta hope that uh, I don't know that they can they take they take as much pressure as all the the heroes in the movie. And you gotta just think about that once in a while. And uh, maybe maybe we'll bring them up a little bit more during the Halloween episode. They they deserve it. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy we're able, able able to shed some light on all these these beautiful people. Yeah, in these lay off the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. It's it, not some, his fault. some of them are sick. Some I mean these poor uh, mental illness. Some of them. We're gonna it's we're terrible. gonna we're gonna it's call terrible. them villains just because they yeah. they have a disease. Oh man! What's also terrible is uh, Jeff had uh, the Parker Posey from last week, and it's about time we revisited it. The Parker Posey play along, as we all know, is uh, the weekly feature for uh, our, our movie hour here, where uh, we'll bring up a, a question live, and uh, the other the other two people on the on the show answer it, and uh, it's it's pretty tough usually. Uh, but Jeff Jeff tossed up the the softball. What's your favorite cinematic couples quarrel? Last week, and there were some there were some pretty good answers. Jeff, did you have any uh, specifics that that you wanted to bring up? Uh, yeah, you know, I liked. Uh, again, I'm going to give Jim props. His uh, War of the Roses answer was excellent, but we've got some other good ones thank you, here. Thank you. Um, uh, hey, any any old time. Uh, I want to thank R- our friend Rory for uh, for posting, although it was relatively uh, incomprehensible. Um, so uh, we won't get too yeah. much into it. But uh, Ocean's Eleven came up. There was a, a great quote from Ocean's Eleven that that was that was excellent. Uh, I believe that was was that was that uh Joshua that Joshua yeah, yeah Joshua yeah. that brought that up. The uh, the movie of Harry Met Sally KPW brought up. She's she's yeah, always a got one. a good answer. Um, I I just wanted to bring pop in one, and that was uh, Jim P. Uh, user Jim P. Actually, usually answers with a lot of uh, video links, and it got me re- remind me of uh, he answered The Shining, and The Shining part. Just I love the part where he's walking up the steps, already pretty much discovered being crazy by his wife, and he's just going, "Give me the bat, Wendy, give me the bat," and just goes over and I'm not going to hurt you, I'm not going to hurt you, I'm just going to bash your brains. Another one that I had thought of that never got brought up was... You know, that's uh, another guy, mental illness, the poor man. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of them out there. But yeah, another one I had thought of that didn't get brought up was uh, Willow. I I always liked the uh, the Sorsha and Mad Mardian. It's like, I dwell in darkness without you, and it went away. Sorsha's great. We all love her. That is a good answer. Um, And uh, you can find the answers actually at uh, the Gunga Pit. I know a lot of people, again, have been searching uh, a lot of... uh, lead-ins to our site have been searching for Parker Posey play-along, so uh, make note that there's the Parker Posey play-along and then last week's, which will all be in the title, so if you're if you're looking for the answers, you'll find them. Uh, and that brings us to our next week's, which is uh, Brother James. Uh, yeah, mine's kind of related to the topic du jour. Um, my question Ooh. is, who's your favorite actor who's good at playing villains? So that's why <laughs> you like them, basically. Alan Rickman. <laughs> Everyone wants to say Alan Rickman. I, I did consider him, but uh, I'm I'm going a little old school, a little out of the box for for my usual taste. But I'm going with uh, James Spader. Uh, he's really? played some villains in Pretty in Pink and Less Than Zero, some of those you know '80s high school, college type <laughs> movies. And I always thought he did an excellent job. He does a great uppity like sleazeball character. That he's just got a really slimy, you know characteristic to him that just makes him really easy to hate. And I thought Spader always did an excellent job at that. 
So I'm going with Spader. Damn. This is tough. I'm not happy about this. Favorite favorite actor. Yeah, I mean, it could just be a, you know, a single that performance person. that you liked, or you know, it doesn't right. have to be multiple. You know, just something that you Trying liked, and you think he does a good Jeff, job of you playing got, you got one lined up. I, I I've actually I think I've got one. Um, okay. I think I'm going to go with Gary Oldman. Ooh, nice. That's good. That's good. Yeah, he does a great oh, job like in the professional. The professional. Uh, he was also. Uh, I'm thinking of a movie I can't. I don't know he was in the Sixth Element as a bad yeah, guy. Yeah, the, I fifth, say yeah the Fifth Element. He was, he was the bad the fifth guy element, in that. Yeah. Yeah. Sixth Element. Fifth, fifth. The Fifth. Yeah, I know. And I he know. was I six. one of the oh, most right. iconic villains. He was Bram Stoker's Dracula. Right, yes. That, uh, he was also, uh, he played Lee Harvey Oswald in JFK, kind of a villain. Um, okay. Yeah. Another, another mentally challenged guy that totally got screwed. Yeah. <laughs> played Sid Vicious, apparently, in Sid and Nancy. That's... Not a bad answer. Not a, I'm I'm having tough. I'm having issues with this. Um, I have an answer. I'm not exactly happy with it though. I, I was. I haven't seen him do any other bad guy, but just because it's the the flavor of the month kind of thing, we talked about him before. It was Christopher Waltz from Inglorious Bastards? I loved him in that movie, playing an asshole. He was and he it was, was really great, really but, really great. In that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fresh in my mind, so that's why I'm picking it. It's he pretty much plays a. Uh, a pretty high Nazi ranked uh, official, and he oh god, he plays such a bad, yeah. such a great asshole. In that. No, that's and, that's perfectly oh. legit. I mean, I just want to get somebody you know that you think will always play good bad guys type of right. So yeah. in every role you've seen him in, he's played an excellent bad guy. Yeah, yeah. all right, hundred percent. He's bad in hundred percent for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a great point. So we'll bring the we'll bring the question to the the forums at gungapit.com, and of course you can answer it also at uh, our Facebook page. If you search uh, the Movie Hour, you will find us there. And uh, yeah, another another excellent episode uh, down the tubes. Well done, guys. Hope everybody enjoyed it. I don't think down the tubes is probably the best. <laughs> down the hatch, down the hatch is what. That's a that little means better. we're gonna better. swallow. It. How, right. about, how about just fine? Yeah, down the hatch, great. <laughs> Cannonball it. Cannonball, Cannonball it. it. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you, live listeners. Uh, again, you can find us, all our genius jokes and funny talent at gungabit.com. And you can find us at uh, uh, our Facebook page at The Movie Hour. Uh, thanks again for listening at uh, the Sylvester Stallone's Socialized Medicine Movie Hour. Drive safe. I didn't get to bring up my Buffalo Bill argument. Yeah. Oh, oh, Buffalo <laughs> Bill? Really? That would have been awesome. It's like, it's and I forgot to bring up. I forgot to bring up Christopher Lloyd. Fuck. Oh. Yeah, you did. You were waiting for that one. Yeah. But yeah, just talking about. It. Yeah, he, he can't afford health care. He needs to do a sex change, so he's doing it himself. What's wrong yeah. with that? Oh my god. <laughs> That's great. Scrub uh, the galaxy from me. Hanging out the passenger side of my best friend's ride. Trying to holler at me. Oh my. Yeah. Did someone? Did a girl just log on? Is that a girl I just heard? Oh, no, it was Rogie. Jesus! No. Somebody's like drinking into the microphone. Yeah, that's Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to welcome to my fucking nightmare. It kind of sounded like Jesus! How do you even get that sound that good in there?